There was no such thing in this world as sickness uh, when God created Adam and Eve and set them in the garden. He did not, you know, he did not, like we've said, uh, create kidney failure on the fifth day, um, diabetes on the sixth day, right? Where did all that stuff come from? You never saw it until sin entered the world. The Bible said sin entered the world and death by sin. What is sickness? Sickness and disease is a manifestation of spiritual death in the physical body. And we said, if somebody doesn't believe that, just tell them to get sick enough long enough and see what happens. What happens if you get sick enough long enough? Get your will in order. You're going. Amen. And don't you know a lot of sickness is bad? Isn't it? If a lot's bad, we don't want a little. Hmm? If a lot of sickness is from the enemy, Satan, we don't want a little bit of it. Hmm? I don't know about you. I have been sick before and I've been well before. And I'm just going to say that well is so much better. I just enjoy. You know, people say all kind of things like, well, you know, sickness is God's way of. Uh, no, we stop right there. Right. It's not God's way. God does not afflict people with tumors um, or with skin rashes and problems. And, uh, none of that stuff is from God. But, you know, this, this is what this is God's way of teaching me. I don't know about you. Like I said, I've been both ways. I've learned from God much better. Well, I'm so much more able to receive from him when I'm strong. Now, I'm not saying you won't learn anything if you're bed fast. <laughs> uh, sometimes the, the reason that God does teach people is because it's the first time they've ever listened. Hmm? Well, sure, he'll take advantage of that, won't he? Amen. But thank God we have a full redemption. And included in our redemption is sickness, redemption from sickness and disease. If it wasn't included, would it be a full redemption? It'd be a partial redemption. Hmm? Anything that's a curse, anything brought on by sin, anything brought on by Satan, Jesus has redeemed us from it. Not from the presence of it, but from the authority and the power over it in our lives. You know, in one sense, we've been, a very real sense, we've been redeemed from the penalty of sin, which is spiritual death of spending eternity in hell without God, haven't we? Well, but then also we've been redeemed from the power of sin. The Bible says sin shall not have dominion over you. And so we've been redeemed from both of those things. We, we experience that right now. There is a part of it that Jesus also redeemed us from, but we don't have it yet. And that is the presence of sin. Hmm? As long as we're in this world, as long as people will yield to Satan, there will be sin. Right. And one day we will realize our redemption. He's already paid the price. He's already gone to prepare a place for us. But aren't you glad that one day we will just be delivered from the very presence of all that is not God? Huh? Does that sound exciting? Huh? No more crazy people calling you and uh, how many have dealt with difficult people before? Glory to God. You'll be delivered from the presence of them. Amen. Glory to God. Now, that was uh, Psalm 130. 
Also, we're looking what? At Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Thank you, Lord. So why do we say specifically that that uh, healing is included in this redemption? Because the Bible says so. Isaiah 53, we'll start reading in verse 4 where it says, Surely he took up our infirmities. We brought out the fact that the word translated infirmities is the same word translated sickness. Same Hebrew word, uh, almost every place it's used in the Old Testament translated sickness. And carried our sorrows, also translated pain. You would not do any damage to the scripture. You would not be in error one little bit to say, to read it this way. Surely he took up our sicknesses and carried our pains. And you'll see by the end of this passage that it fits right, right like that. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are what? Healed. 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 It's hard not to believe in healing. People work, Christians really have to work hard and be taught well to be able to read the Bible and not believe in healing. Hmm? I've been to, the, when I became a Christian years ago, the first church I went to, uh, was very, very strong in their stance that, well, God could heal if he want, wanted to, but he certainly would not use an individual in the transaction. And he never promised to heal all of us. It's not a promise. It's something that he could do in his great sovereignty if he chooses to. Sometimes he chooses to heal us, the, uh, they say, uh, right here on earth. Sometimes he chooses to heal us by just taking us to heaven. That's okay. That's okay. But have you heard that? I've heard that so many times. Every single time something in me turns. Uh, like I ate something bad. It would be fine to say that if you had even a half a scripture for it. And really and truly, you don't build a doctrine off a of half a scripture. You need scriptures for something to be scriptural. Scriptures are good to have. But I have scripture. That helps us see that God is a healer. By his wounds, we are healed. Less, and we, asked, we answered this question, is that talking about physical healing or like so many people say as an excuse? Well, well that just means spiritual healing. It's the Hebrew word rapha. The same Hebrew word that's used when God says, I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, your physician. Physician, as in physical, having to do with what? The body. Bodily healing, physical healing is what God wants. And if you have a problem seeing that, then you're going to have a big problem looking at the ministry of Jesus. Because he didn't just heal spirits, praise God for what, you know, spiritually we can be born again, recreated. But he went around healing bodies. Boom, 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 boom. Body, 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 body. You can't read the Bible and say that you're supposed to have a sick body and it's the plan of God and the will of God for your life. You've got to leave out a lot of it. Yes. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So everybody say, by his wounds, by his wounds we, were we were healed. Glory to God. Say it again. By his wounds, by his wounds we, were we were healed. 
We talked last time, which was a couple weeks ago, about uh, where it says the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. Jesus bore the punishment of sin, sickness and disease, poverty. I mean, anything like we've said included in the curse. He bore the punishment of it in our place. Praise God. And we looked at the curse of the law. And then we uh, began talking about this seventh verse here. Could we look at this? And I want to I want to pick up right here and go on now tonight and give you bring out some other thoughts if we could. Isaiah 53, 7. We shouldn't leave out the sixth verse, should we? Let's not leave out the sixth verse. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Do you know why punishment was necessary? Because we went our own way. Hmm? But thank God the Lord laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity or the sin of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. Now, I was most impressed when I read that verse. I mean, he was oppressed and afflicted. Have, if you've ever been bad sick or sick bad, depending on what part of the country you live in. Down south, they say bad sick. <laughs> really, really sick. If you've ever been that way. You know what it, you could fellowship with this oppressed and afflicted. Sickness is an oppression, isn't it? Uh, the word oppressed just means to weigh heavily on. I mean, it'll keep you in bed. And then affliction. Jesus was oppressed and affliction. But what did he do to deserve it? He had no sin of his own. And the Bible says he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he didn't open his mouth. And like a sheep before the shearers is silent. Have you ever seen a sheep going in to, to get sheared? Do they, do they stop and say, I'm not going in there. You can't make me. No, sheep don't even know what's going on until they get there. Or as a sheep before, you know, going into slaughter. They'll just, they think it's dinner time. They'll just walk as cooperatively to get killed. And they won't put up a fuss as they will to do anything. Hmm? Jesus did the very same thing. He did not open his mouth. Why did he not open his mouth? Uh, did he not say in the garden when, uh, when those disciples, you know, I'm sorry, when the Roman soldiers came to him, and they're accusing him. They're saying, this is what we're going to do. And then Peter says, hey, this, hey, I got a sword. You know, we can, we can do this. We can do that. Didn't Jesus say, hey, listen, I could, I could at once open my mouth. Notice that phrase. I could call on the Father and he would right away give me X number of legions of angels. Did Jesus say that? Everybody remember that? We could turn there if, you, if that's unfamiliar. He said, I could open my mouth. I could call on the Father. Why didn't he? Why didn't he? He didn't open his mouth so we could open our mouths. 
He didn't open his mouth so we could open our mouths. You'll get more of that in a second here. His innocence, I mean, Jesus' innocence qualified him to open his mouth and say, wait a second, innocent. But had he opened his mouth, we would not be able to open our mouths like we can today. I'd like you to turn to Matthew 26. And it's, it's good to just see some of these scriptures. Matthew 26. Thank you, Lord. Everybody say, thank God, thank God. for healing. Amen. Amen. There's certainly other subjects to minister on, but this is an important subject. Everybody will have to deal with this either in your own life or you could help somebody else with it. Amen. And it's so much easier to receive these things and to get strong in these things before the attack comes than when you're in the thick of it. Amen. Matthew 26. Here's this instance where Jesus, I believe, is in the garden. Verse 53 says, do you not think I can I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. Now go to first Peter. I didn't realize that I had already quoted that to you. First Peter two. Jesus kept his mouth shut. What a show of strength it was. Huh? Can you can you imagine being led through all that? knowing that you're going to die and also knowing that your innocence qualified you to speak up and say, this is not right. I don't deserve it. Man, you talk about being separated to the will of God. You talk about being committed to God and, and what he wants you to do and to your father. You don't make decisions like that to keep your mouth shut at the spur of the moment. You make those decisions on your knees uh, in some of those all night prayer times that Jesus had. That's when those decisions are made because you just do not have the power. Your flesh will recoil at death. It'll run so far the other way. You know, I traveled with Brother Kenneth Hagin for many years and he tells the story, of course, you know, he was raised up from a deathbed. Uh, all the doctors in town, I mean, some of, the, some of the best doctors in the country had said, you'll never live to see your 17th birthday. And he was going just exactly how he said. In fact, did die a couple times. But he said, I wore the varnish off of my headboard resisting death. In other words, death would fasten itself to him and he'd feel like I'm going and I'm going now. And, and, and he'd just grab hold of his headboard and resist it. And everything about him didn't want to die. You know, I just I never forgot when he said that. I, he said it more in passing. But but what an illustration. Resi you rubbed all the varnish off, holding on, trying to stay a little longer. And thank God he stayed long enough to get some of the word in him to where he could be, where he could receive what God wanted. Amen. And live another 70 some years. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Oh, Jesus kept his mouth shut. How strong is that? First Peter two. Verse 23 says. When they hurled their insults at him. He did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. In this passage, it goes on to say, so we see Jesus didn't open his mouth once again. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. 
by his wounds, you have been healed. Oh, my Lord, we have been healed. If we have been, then what are we? Huh? It's have been future, present. It's past. Who wrote this ultimately? The Lord, the Spirit of God. God said, by His wounds, we have been healed. Well, then why do I feel like I do? Why do I have this going on? Why do I have it, this going on? Because you don't know that you have been. Well, yeah, I do. You just said so. No, that doesn't mean you know it. You know it when it's so real in you that, you, that the thought comes, what about this? And you say, hush, we have been. That's when you know it. Huh? That's when, that's when you've, you've heard it, you've heard it, you've heard it. And then the word of God becomes more real to you than the symptoms that are coming against you. Becomes more real to you than a, than a bad doctor's report that said, well, this is getting worse. I wish it was getting better. Sorry. And boy, that's devastating, especially when you have all the feelings to back it up. Boy, you better not be feeling led if you're going to get results. But if you'll be a person of faith and will believe it just because he said it. By his wounds, you have been healed. God said so. God said so. If God said you were healed, then what are you? Huh? Is this bad doctrine? All, all we're doing is repeating what God said. Huh? He told us not to let his word depart from our mouth. Lord, you know, you can, you can receive healing. Just sitting here in the middle of the teaching. Glory to God. Verse 25 says, you were like sheep going astray. Didn't we just read about that? But now... Now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And if the, if the great shepherd and if the overseer and if the captain of your salvation says you were healed, then you say, yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. Glory to God. Now, I made this statement to you about he... He didn't open his mouth so that we could open our mouths. When and where are we to open our mouths? What does that mean? You know, when an attack comes against you, the Bible, in fact, you're in 1 Peter 2, right? You can just turn over to uh, the, the first chapter. And if you have an NIV, it won't say it this way, but I'll read it out of the King James. Um. In the seventh verse, it talks about the trial of your faith. It says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, might be found to the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus. It talks about the trial. When an attack comes against us, it is a trial. And not only is it a trial in the sense that you're tested. Uh, what do you mean tested? You're tested to see whether you're going to just go and agree with the Attack and go and agree with your feelings or you're going to agree with the word. That's the trial of your faith. 
Um, and there's, a, there's certainly more to it even than that. But I want you to picture yourself, if you would, on trial in the courtroom of heaven. The Bible said, we just read, where Jesus committed himself to the righteous judge. Don't you know that God the Father is the judge of all? And I don't know if they have a literal courtroom in heaven, but tonight let's just say they do. And you are on trial. When your faith's on trial, you are on trial. And uh, unfortunately, we have a prosecuting attorney, the accuser of the brethren. Hmm? Satan. And there you are, the defendant, and you're handcuffed with a sickness. You look guilty. You are suffering punishment. It's not looking good. Hmm? But into your courtroom walks the defense attorney. Our apostle and our high priest, Jesus. And you don't feel so bad anymore. Huh? He is, the Bible says, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. We got one on our side. If God be for us, who can be Against us. Well, before this trial gets underway, your attorney sits down with you and, and discusses your strategy. He, and he wants to talk to you about the most important factor in the trial, and that is your testimony. What are you going to say about it? Hmm? I said Jesus kept his mouth shut. Why? So we could open ours. Now, Jesus counsels you. Listen, I've outlined, I've outlined for you my whole strategy for your testimony, I've written it down. I want you to read this transcript. Here it is. And he gives you the word. And he says, if, if you answer anything other than this, I can't help you. Well, the trial gets underway and the charges are read and you're asked to take the stand. And you get up to go and Jesus, Jesus gives you a little punch and he said, you answer the word. Hmm? Punch your neighbor real lightly. And say, uh, say, answer the word. I said, punch your neighbor real lightly. Come on. And say, answer the word. So, didn't see anybody throwing punches. Well, the accuser starts in. And he says, uh, isn't it true that when you were young, back when you were whatever age, you took X amount of dollars from your mom's purse and you went and bought ice cream with it. Isn't it true? And all of a sudden, Jesus stands up and says, Objection, Your Honor. Since that happened, this person has been born again and his past no longer exists. And there's a, there's a little pound on the, the gavel. He says, Objection sustained. Glory to God. Uh, so the accuser, but he's tough. He'll come back. Well, there is a more recent event I'd like to bring up. Just yesterday, uh, your spouse said something to you and you flew off the handle and lost your temper. And isn't it true that you rounded your tithe down instead of rounding it up to the nearest dollar? And uh, isn't it also true that when, when you asked, when they asked for a volunteer at the church, you made up a reason why you couldn't, why you couldn't do it? Isn't that true, Mr. So-and-so or whatever, Mrs. So-and-so? 
and you break down on the witness stand, you say, yes, it's true. I've been a lousy Christian. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I deserve this. I deserve to die with this. Don't you know the accuser is all the time throwing firing thoughts at you and doing this very thing to you? Oh, if you could see yourself in court, you'd do better. But you don't see it when it happens. But the courtroom goes silent. Jesus puts his head down and shakes his head. Oh, man. And the judge has no choice but to accept your confession of guilt. You confessed. Come on, you confessed. You said, I did it. Jesus never had a chance to do anything. Huh? How many know once, once a person says, I did it, I killed him, I pulled the trigger. I mean, the defense might have a great, you know, a great case all ready to go. And, and hopefully they do. But you done just ended the whole thing right there with your confession. Your confession. Is this okay tonight? Well, let's rewind, though. Let's rewind right back to the part where you're being accused, huh? And, and you, no matter what the accuser brings up, you're sitting there. You keep saying what the transcript says. Satan starts in with you and, and says, isn't it true? And you say, he was wounded for my transgressions. Yeah, but isn't it true? And you say, he remembered my sins no more. Yeah, but isn't it true? Though my sins were scarlet, he made them white. As snow, come on, isn't it true? I've returned to the shepherd and the bishop of my soul. I've returned. And if you keep doing that, the prosecution will run out of ammo. He will run out. And the judge will say, defense, you may present your case. Jesus gets up with a big smile on his face and he says, your honor, my father. You've heard the allegations against the defendant, my brother. And what the accuser did not provide was evidence. I would like to for the, submit to the court Exhibit A the blood that I shed to make my client clean from all the mentioned transgressions. And then, Your Honor, Exhibit B, the wounds on my back that I suffered for the sicknesses and the diseases of mankind. And also, Your Honor, I'd like to refer you to my client's testimony. The record shows that his faith is in my work of redemption on the cross. And I submit to this court that my client is being falsely accused and he does not deserve this punishment because by my wounds, he was healed. I hereby, the judge says, I hereby find the accused righteous and free from this sickness. Case dismissed. Go real quickly to Revelation chapter 12. Glory to God. You're on trial, everybody. All the time. Tests are coming. You're on the witness stand more than you know. And what you confess to, that's what all Jesus has to work with. If you answer the word, man, he can get up and present a case that will send everybody scrambling. Yeah, but you did those things. If you confessed them, you didn't do them. 
Did you hear me? If you confessed him to God, he's faithful to cleanse you, forgive you, make you clean. Doesn't remember him. The biggest thing is not what you've done. It's what you said on the witness stand. It's your testimony. Revelation 12. Everybody say case dismissed. Verse 11, you know this. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And that was it. No, what's it say? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Jesus opened not his mouth so that we could open our mouths and say, oh, no. By his wounds, I was healed. Jesus could have said, he could have said, I don't deserve this whipping. He would have been right. He would have been just. And the father would have had to say, case dismissed. He is righteous. And he never would have been able to take it for us. But he kept his mouth shut. He bore all that we've ever done so that you and I can come and open our mouths. And say, oh, no. Oh, no, he bore it for me. Surely he has borne my sicknesses, my pains. And the father says, you keep saying it. You keep saying it. You keep saying it. And the accuser keeps coming, keeps coming. No, you deserve this. God's trying to teach you something. You just keep saying it. Amen. You will overcome the test, overcome the trial. By what he did and by what you did. The blood of the lamb, the word of your testimony. How many know he, you can't do the blood of the lamb part? Right? Only the lamb could do that. And he did it and he did it very well. That's his part. But that's not the only part. You don't do the word of your testimony correctly. And he'll sit there with exhibit A and exhibit B and all the other stuff and never get to take them out of the package. The blood of the lamb and you opening your mouth. Glory to God. My, my, my. The determining factor in whether you, you and I receive our healing is not what kind of day the judge was having. Right? It's what happened when you opened your mouth. Glory to God. Would you look at one scripture before we go tonight. Can you handle one more? Go to Matthew 12. Don't you know you have an attorney who is just waiting for the right answer so he can get to work so that he can present your case so he can get you off the hook? I mean, he paid the price. Glory to God. All he needs is your testimony. Don't just sit there and don't answer a word. Hmm? So many Christians suffer and never speak up. I mean, never say what's in the transcript. You, need to, you don't need to be silent. Jesus did that. He was silent at the right time so that you could open up. Hmm? Matthew 12. 
verse 37. Jesus said, by your words, you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. Notice it didn't even say by your actions. Like we've said, you know, you can mess up pretty bad. You can open yourself up to sickness and disease, but you can't mess up worse than his blood's already paid for. And uh, if you'll repent and if you'll come back to him, I mean, uh, you can't mess up greater than he can forgive and take care of. But that's not the determining factor. What is? By your, what you say about it. And of course, what you say is a reflection of your faith. Doesn't the Bible say out of the heart, the mouth speaks? Hmm? If faith's in your heart, it needs to come out of your mouth. By your words, you will be acquitted. By your words, you will be condemned. Do you see how much what you and I say has to do with our healing? Healing has been provided for us. It is included in the plan of redemption. I mean, the Bible says so. Huh? I mean, it's talking about the, the greatest passage on our redemption where, where it says, uh, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The, the punishment for our peace was on him. And it includes with his wounds, we were healed. All in the same sentence. Healing's right there, part of it. It's for us. We don't have to beg God for it. That'd be like begging God for salvation. Lord, please give me forgiveness of sins. You know, I'm talking when somebody, a sinner comes for the first time. Please give me forgiveness of sins. Do you want him to send Jesus down to the cross again? No. God, from his standpoint, he's forgiven you. What do you do? You need to, the Bible says, if you shall confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. You're on the witness stand. Satan saying you deserve to die and go to hell. Which is true. But. It's also true that Jesus paid the price so you don't have to. So what do you have to do? You've got to, on that witness stand, you have to say, Jesus is my Lord. And when you say that, your defense attorney gets up. And he said, you heard, Your Honor, what my client has just said. His sins are gone, every single one of them, and he is now righteous. And the judge says, righteous? He judges you righteous based on your testimony based on your words and of course your words if you confess with your mouth is a result of believing in your heart for with the heart man believes to salvation and with the mouth confession releases it sends it out speaks it from the witness stand gives God something to work with and it works just the same way are you shocked that it works the same way with your healing because it's all included it's all in there it's all forced. It's already yes. been done. Yes. Glory to God. Amen. It would not be unscriptural to say that God has already done all he's going to do about your healing. Because he sent Jesus to pay the price. He bore wounds on his back and all over so that we could be healed. Well, why am I suffering? You just keep answering right. Hello. Yep. Yep. Right? You keep answering right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. 
And your confession will cause the reality to come to pass in your life. How many believe it tonight? Why don't you stand up?